Feature writer and marketing strategist Neha Nagani knows that even with all the bad things you see on the news today, there's still a lot of great people doing great things. Join us for the next few minutes while Neha takes the time to show you who some of these people are, what they've done, and what the impact is on our society. This is Seen from the Inside with your host, Neha Nagani. You're listening to Seen from the Inside. I'm your host, Neha Nagandhi. Today on the show, we're happy to have in studio with us one of the respected and highly talented radio personalities in Atlanta. He has been part of the Atlanta sports radio scene for over two decades. He currently is the morning co-host of the show, The Front Row, on 680 The Fan with Sandra Golden and Brian Finneran. And he also has started the award-winning production company called Bread and Butter. It currently produces a show called Atlanta Eats, which features features Atlanta local restaurants, which he is the host. In between juggling these two careers, he still finds time to create social good. He does charity work for the nonprofit organization called The Giving Kitchen. Welcome to the show. Welcome to myself. This is awesome. Great to be here. Great to have you here. So I'm going to ask you, there's a lot been written about you as a major sports personality in Atlanta, and now you've started your own production company. But where were you born, and how did it all get started? And when you were little, yes. did you think about that you were going to grow up to be a major radio personality? So I was born in Boston, Massachusetts, uh, one of the great sports towns in America. I'd yeah. say the best sports town in America in terms of people losing their mind over sports. So I am one of those stories where... Where, and a lot of people in radio, I think, especially in sports, have this. I was the kid that at seven or eight years old turned down the volume, pretended he had his own radio show, did the play-by-play. I remember in fourth grade, I handed out uh, like uh, index cards to mm-hmm. say I had a sports talk show that was going to be going on that afternoon. And I used to have one of those old Panasonic tape recorders. I'd go home and wait for people to call, and then I'd do like a sports talk radio show where I'd put the receiver next to the tape recorder and do like mock radio shows. Did you really? Literally, yeah. That if there was a bad so cool. storm, which I had a lot, I'd do my own storm watch. WSFS was the name of the station. Shapiro Family and Friends Station. So I'd be like, yeah, we got a big storm coming in. Uh, it's going to be uh, eight inches of snow. We're going to go to some car spot. You know, I like everything about radio fascinated me. Right. So I started trying to do it literally you know, elementary school. And uh, do any of those old audio recordings exist? So funny you say that. Like, my mom, uh, still same house. uh, We moved when I was 15 to right up the road. But so I was thinking how good that would be and fun that would be for my show. Yeah. Because I'm talking about like seven, eight years old, me like going crazy doing play-by-play of the Celtics and the Red Sox. And it's going to take a lot of, uh, not that she's a hoarder, but there's like a lot of old boxes of tapes and, you know, half of them are like cheesy tapes from like the 70s of music and, and 80s. Yeah. And the half of them are like tape recordings. So I'd have to find them. Also, I've heard they don't keep well, right? 30, 40 years of that. Yeah, I don't think they do. That's what I was going to say. You might want to get that transferred. Right. To get it transferred. To another but then I got to go. It, it'd be like a major project. So when I go home for the holidays and stuff, sometimes I go home for Thanksgiving or uh, over the summer. I mean, I'd have to lock myself um in the attic for hours to find it. But wouldn't that be great That material? would be really great. Yeah. That's like gold, So right? if you get that, can we be one of the first You'll be you know, the first, first one. Person? You got to help me. Uh, what did you say? 
I got to transfer. Transfer. Right. Transfer. See, I'm very technical. Yes. So you got to help me transfer it. But that would, yeah, I would love to find those. And absolutely. And also, I have like tapes. Uh, I had this, you know who Danny Terrio was? He was, yes. uh, and like Jimmy, uh, Scott Bayo had a brother named Jimmy Bayo that I had, had this long, dark, wavy hair. So I used to have this full, like, part in the middle, walked around with a comb. I used to do TV when I was 16 uh, on local cable basketball games. And I still have some of those videos floating around. So this is videos Cheesy. of you with hair. For the listeners Full out there, head. Steak Shapiro is bald. Yes, he's, so. he's without hair. Mm-hmm. He is he's without sans, hair. <laughs> I want to do, use some French. Can I use some French? Absolutely. Sans As long hair. as it's pleasant. Yeah, right. it's very pleasant. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything uh, sideways. So, yeah, those are real. Because I have this heavy Boston accent, too. Right. And I'm just like, yeah, Newton South got a big game today. Uh, we're going to try to step it up today against Bill Ricca. It's a big game. Everybody's fired up for it. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Talk about like a skid from SNL. Okay, so we're going to get back on track here, Steak. So right now you're juggling two careers. You've got a radio personality career and then you've got a TV career. How do you juggle them? Well, um, first of all, they're they're super fun things to do. So the key is, I guess, is if you have to work as many hours as I do, 16, 17 hour days, you better like it, right? We got to love it. Better than, yeah, absolutely. Better than sitting in telemarketing, which I have done before. I did not like that. I worked at uh, Staples. Like 20, 30, 30 years ago. Staples has a telemarketing. So well, it was 30 years ago. Oh. Hi, I'd like to speak to the person in your office that makes your office supply uh, orders, please. Wow. Excuse me. <laughs> Could I speak to an office manager, please? Yes, I'm calling from Staples. Yes, we're a brand new office. Yes, what office. What a plug for Staples right now. <laughs> oh, well, it's not a plug when you I was so miserable. I mean, I was like, and I have like a little bit of ADHD. I don't know if just a little bit. And I, I, I kid, I have it really bad. So sitting in one of those cubicles mm-hmm. made me crazy. So... Uh, listen, it's, uh, it's, it's two things I love to do. Being on the air, obviously, on the radio, sports talk, and that doesn't feel like a job a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, running a company and having to raise money and do a business plan and hire people and sales and um, P&Ls and, and all that. I mean, running a business. Now, right. that's real work, right? Mm-hmm. So the Atlanta Eats slash Bread and Butter is the name of the company, LLC, mm-hmm. is something that's the real work. They're doing the radio show 9 to 12 with Brian Finneran and Sandra Golden on 680. That's like... The day I st- start thinking of that as work is the day that somebody should slap me on my bald head, right? <laughs> so if I if you start hearing me complain yeah. about, oh my God, I got to go talk about sports today, <sighs> then just, if you see me, just slap me. Right. Right upside my head. Would you do that? Uh, if you asked y- me to. You're not very violent, though, <laughs> right? Have if you, you ever asked me any- nicely. Have you ever hit anybody? Uh, my sister's. Yeah. Yeah. But, the, but never a close fist. No. Never punch anybody in the face. No, I okay. haven't. Have All you? Right. I mean, you know, it's not like something I do regularly. I'm kind of a, you know, I'm a, I'm a nice Jewish kid from Boston. We didn't get in many fights, right? We tried to avoid those tough Irish kids. Right. They played hockey at Boston College, and we'd see them on the subway, and we'd kind of hide. So, no, I did not get in a lot of fights growing up. Okay, so. Yes. Getting back, um, which, how do you determine which restaurants to feature on Atlanta Eats? On Atlanta Eats? Eats? Mm-hmm. On Peachtree TV, you mean? Uh, 7 p.m. on Saturday nights and on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.? We just, exactly. We just, we just that, went that, to an hour. That's that's the one. Congratulations. We just went to an hour. Yeah. So, you know, it really started out fairly organically when we started the company, which was we want to be the uh, media company for food and dining in Atlanta, built this mm-hmm. media company. The TV show was obviously the most visible. Mm-hmm. So... You know, what, what do they uh, say about pornography? I don't know how to describe it, the Supreme Court, but we know when we see it, something like that. 
Isn't that the expression about uh, they couldn't really define it? Yes. So there is no science here um, in that we want to pick a restaurant outside the perimeter. If we're going to do a Buckhead restaurant, then we want to do a hole in the wall. So a great show would be like, you know, we found a place out in Cumming named Norman's Landing, which is like the top place in Cumming. Like do that and do a Bistro Nico out of Buckhead. And then we did a place in Decatur called Cafe Alsace, which is the size of this radio studio. And that's French food. And then maybe one place that does mixology. And then you look at it and you go, oh, that's a pretty good show, right? Combination right. of stuff like yeah. experiential type stuff or, 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 uh, or restaurants that, uh, what do they say, aspirational. And then some mom and pop. The shows that do the best are any kind of barbecue, pizza, burgers outside the perimeter. So your discovery, right? That's interesting. So, those so are, who, is that your audience outside the so perimeter? So our audience is, you know, listen, I was used to a sports talk radio audience. I knew exactly. I was talking to some 44-year-old dude from like Roswell, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the only people that would come up to me um, and tell me that, you know, I'm an idiot for what I said that morning. But this is a total, I mean, this audience, obviously it's a female skew because it's food, mm-hmm. but it's 55, 45, 55% female. Um, great African-American audience. African-Americans love food shows and love dining out. So, uh, and I think Peachtree TV um, lends itself to a great African-American audience. Also, uh, you know, the Burbs, certainly Alpharetta, Marietta, Dunwoody, Roswell. But I mean, we're on all over the state. So it's the one show which is universal. That's why food has become the most popular content, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's what everybody's talking about. Atlanta is the number one dining out city in America, meaning a food dollar spent more is spent on restaurants than any other city in America. I truly believe that. I, I can That's see that That's all happening. we do here. That's what we care about, right? Well, yeah. Let's meet for a drink. Let's meet for dinner. Let's go out another couple. Let's go out a bunch of us. Let's go out for family. Everybody's talking about where to eat. You're listening to Scene from the Inside. I'm your host, Neha Nagandhi. Today, our guest is Steak Shapiro. He is a sports personality on 680 The Fan and hosts a show called Front Row, along with Sandra Golden and Brian Finneran. He is also the founder of Bread and Butter Productions, which has a show called Atlanta Eats on Peachtree TV. We'll go into break. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Scene from the Inside. I'm your host, Neha Nagandi. Today on the show, we have Steak Shapiro. He is a radio personality on 680 The Fan, hosts a show called Front Row, and he is also the founder of Bread and Butter Productions, which has a show called Atlanta Eats on Peachtree TV. Before the break, we were talking about how he grew up in Boston and how he had old shows when he was little created on Panasonic audio tapes and talking about converting them into something digital that we can actually listen to. So don't forget about a steak no, when that happens. You're going to help me? you got a lot of impressive people floating around here. <laughs> a lot of people. We may want to steal them away for bread and butter. Atlanta Eats. <laughs> We're right down the road. Maybe we can split time, something like that. No? Uh, so also during the break, Uh-oh. we were talking about my voice was kind of hoarse because I went to the Beyonce concert wow, you, Monday night and I was showing steaks and videos. Those were nice photos. And he was saying... Nice outfits. How did you get... Serious. So, are you married to like a very important person? Because you have like the best seats of 60,000 people. Yes. Are you married? I don't even know. Are you married? I am married. Are you mom? Yes. Yes. Yes and yes. Do Do your kids know how cool you are? He, My son should know how cool I am. Do you want me to tell him? Yes. Can you give a plug to his mom? What's his name? Asher. Asher, your mom is rocking it. And I think she's a little too fired up about Beyonce because like... 
She's she. I think you were almost hyperventilating in the break. You were almost hyperventilating. Steak Shapiro is totally about Beyonce. You just kept showing me almost. I mean, those old pictures were almost pornographic. She was so. uh, uh, Listeners, before the break, uh, Steak was talking about his show and how it's uh, synonymous to food porn. And yes. what Beyonce? That's the term. Good for you. Food porn is yes. the term. Yes, and um, and so uh, Beyonce's outfits uh, on Monday night they were <clears throat> they were just porn porn. <laughs> okay. They, they were they were very sexy. They, yes, that is a very. And good you word. were very impressed. I, I was. Was your husband impressed? He wasn't there. Oh damn! <laughs> I thought you said he got you the tickets. He got me the tickets. So who'd you take? My girlfriend. What's her name? Victoria. Is she married? No. Wow. She must have been fired up after once to be honest. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrangle steak back in here. Right. Okay, so let's let's talk about let's do fa- it. charity. Charity. So in between your dual careers on yes. the radio and on TV, you still give time to uh, an organization called the Giving Kitchen. Talk about that. a little Well, the bit. Giving Kitchen was actually introduced to Atlanta Eats um, around a gentleman named Ryan Heidinger, who him and his uh, wife Jen were uh he was diagnosed with terminal cancer and they were getting ready to open a restaurant together and they were an awesome couple and they realized that people in the restaurant business don't have like insurance and don't have like uh the kind of benefits for when you're sick and when you're out and they decided we're going to start an organization that raises money for folks in that industry that are in peril right So uh, we got close. We took a trip with Atlanta Eats to the Woodford Reserve location. Him and his five or six closest friends in the world. It was almost like their last trip before he passed. And I was lucky enough to be there because we filmed it all. And um, a a lot of the money, uh, all the money that is raised through uh, the Giving Kitchen is raised for that purpose. And then helped start this restaurant called Staple House which is named now the number one new restaurant in America, where Jen, since uh, Ryan has passed on um, many months ago, has taken that on. And it's a phenomenal story. It's a great organization. You know, honestly, the only thing I've really done with it is donate money through Atlanta Eats and donate uh, TV time and... and, and really well, you, become involved. You did the event uh, at Dalio's for the kitchen to that you cooked. Yes, yeah, so to cook my, you made some made meatballs. meatballs. Yes, yeah, yeah. so you yeah. did that event. I don't look at making meatballs as charity. You know what I mean? Make, making meatballs is just like, I wish I get excited when somebody says make some meatballs. Can no, you make but, us some meatballs next time you come here? Yeah, you want like veal, pork, and ground beef, some combination? Is there like a vegetarian option? Oh, seriously. I'm so, you're so lucky you're married because we could definitely not date. We could definitely not date. I'm not taking out of it. Were you vegan also? <laughs> no, I'm not vegan. <laughs> Jeez. How much fun can we have? Lamb. This, uh, our buddy here says lamb meatballs. No? Can't eat any of that? No, I'm not going to eat say any tofu. of that. Don't say tofu. Don't say tofu meatballs. Chicken? Yeah, chicken meatballs are okay. Chicken burgers. Okay. But I don't know if you can be in Atlanta Eats because, listen, I know there's a lot of vegetarians, but you watch Atlanta Eats to get really hungry and to find out great places to eat and to be really decadent. My buddy Kevin Rathbun, who uh, one of the great chefs in town, has said to me before, he's like, listen, dude, my job is to cook food that's so friggin' delicious that you have to come back here. They don't have to know what we're making it, how much mm-hmm. butter, how much cream, how much sauce, right? It just needs to taste amazing, right? right. right. And the same thing for Lane Eats. The food needs to look amazing, amazingly delicious. And food porn, when you're good at it, like our company is, Bread and Butter Productions, is a, is a great skill and i'm not the one taking the pictures but we have a production team that's the best at food porn and if you take pictures of food and you don't know what you're doing you can make the food look worse 
I, I absolutely agree. So I want you to think about that. And if you don't, so if you get divorced and if you stop being a vegan, then maybe we can go out and have like a steak at house or Dear something. Dear listeners, Steak Shapiro is happily married with three children. No, I'm just saying, so <laughs> if that happened and if something, God forbid, happened and we found ourselves single, you would have to be, you would have to not be vegan. Oh, we could not hang out. I'll, I'll work on maybe that. Maybe go to the movies. I'll, I'll work on that stuff. Maybe watch Netflix. I- <laughs> maybe we can watch Netflix. Maybe we can watch Narcos. Have you seen Narcos? I have not. Really I have good. not seen Narcos. All right. Okay, so listen, I have a question. If yep. you are addressing a room full of high school seniors yes. who are all wanting to be on-air radio personalities, right. what advice would you give them? Well, I mean, I, you know, I don't think it's that much different from any kind of specialized acting or sports or some career that looks really cool is you just have to do it a lot. You have to like be willing to move to a smaller market or be like Bob Costas who said, I would have been happy to pay my dues, but nobody asked me to. So he's the exception, like he got a job at 22 and it was a killer job. But most of us have to go somewhere where you can be on the air. And I will tell you this, when I was uh, running a radio station years ago, I was shocked at how few resumes or phone calls or aggressive young people, you know, I always, when I was, you know, trying to get in the business, I was like, I sent a tape and I figured that, that the program director had like hundreds of tapes. I'm here to tell you that for the most part, people don't just say, I'm going to show up in your office with a tape and I'm going to keep coming to give me a meeting or I'm going to, you know, uh, be the most aggressive because I know I can be on the air. It doesn't seem like folks have that mindset. That always, or be an intern, absolutely. Every person that ended up on the air at our radio station, at the zone, uh, at some point was an intern or did updates or something like that. Same thing with Atlanta Eats. Most of the people in the best positions there mm-hmm. started spending time with us. You know, as I say, once you can get in a building, walk through the person, the assistant, a lot of times now you don't have, you know, secretaries out front. But as long as you can walk in the building with a card and you're in the building, then you can create any break in the world because now you're there, right? So now your job is to just be there and be invaluable. So the key is just get in the building and start to uh, to show what you're about. You ever see uh, Pitch Perfect 2, that movie? I saw Pitch Perfect 1. Well, you should see Pitch Perfect 2. She's an intern. She works for Key and Peele, who's the, who's the real – they're both super funny, but I think it's Peele. She's an oh. intern, and one day she gets to start belting out songs, and next thing you know, she's going to be a superstar. So that's my motivation. I want to show you my sensitive side. Uh, pitch Perfect 2, that's my motivation. That's your right? motivation? Yeah. I want to show up at a recording studio and start singing. I think that's really solid advice, though. Um, you yeah, just show, be able to get in somewhere you want to work and then make it happen. So would you give the same advice to mid-career people that are looking to make a change? Um, you know, there's some, you know, you mentioned you were a salesman for Staples and, you know, and you got your Telemarketing, break. yeah. Telemarketing. Like three months though. But yeah. So let's say there's a mid-career professional. Well, I think it's a great question because a lot of guys, sports or, talk. Or women. Or, or women. But, but a lot of guys like tell themselves, I want to pursue sports talk radio, right? Mm-hmm. That sounds like I'm tired of what I'm doing. Why am I showing up in an office? I'm not happy. Why am I trying to be, name the industry, right? right. Um, where I feel unfulfilled. So what are the chances of me at my mid-30s turning to a career in sports talk radio or sports television, you right. know, even in your 40s? So that's tough because it you know, doesn't pay anything, right? Low-level radio TV right. um, is just above sitting out on the street with a tin can initially, right? I mean, it's, it, it, that's the reality. So 
Uh, they asked me about broadcast schools a lot, right? Uh, what about those are those real deals, those scams, you know, three months, sports broadcasting school, yada, yes, yada. Yes, uh, Listen, I think if you have a passion for it and you're relentless and you say, I'm going to find my way in the building, you also have to have talent, right? So I don't know who can tell you. If, if somebody needs to figure out if you have the talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can be, want to be a singer. You can, want to, you can want to be, you know, off Broadway all you want. If you don't have a good voice, it's not going to happen. So right. is there talent? Can you support yourself with other financial means? It's kind of like going to graduate school, right? Mm-hmm. So have a real job and then start saying, I'm going to start going to a radio station or a TV station. I'll tell you this. There's thousands and thousands more jobs in sports than there ever were sports media because there's websites and there's blogs and there are so many more sports stations. It used to be ESPN. Now there's the Big Ten Network, the SEC Network, the ACC Network, the University of Texas Network, Notre Dame, FS1, FS2, uh, online. And there's sports. a Bleacher Report. Bleacher and there's Report, so many Barstool digital platforms sports. now. Right. Much so, easier mm-hmm. to enter the business now than ever before. And Atlanta, listen, with Turner here and everything happened on NBA TV and, and Bleacher Report and all this stuff coming like a block away from here, mm-hmm. um, it's certainly, listen, that you just have to believe and being willing to put in, I mean, there's no uh, escaping that it's going to be a road of many hours um, and it's going to be a grind. But absolutely. If- but no journey is worth it if you're not willing to put in the hours that it takes to hone your craft, right? I went to a journalism conference re- recently and they were talking about the relentless pursuit of perfection so i think if you're really serious going piggybacking on what you're saying if you're really serious on getting a career change into sports broadcasting then you have to hone your craft and you have to be relentless about it getting your first break you know and if that is you know walking into a building you know safely um you know and talking to somebody then um you know that's what you have to do but um, most everybody wants free help right right unless you're working for one of these real corporate giants that have to have like rules about who's in the building and intern and uh and and human what is it uh, hr like when we owned the zone and someone's like hey so-and-so wants to intern it's like sounds good it's like so-and-so's kid all right let me meet him it's like well, what kind of forms and it? it's like well, you know just if you want to be here just be here now again smaller companies can do that and i also think that's not legal anymore right you can't have people working for free but i promise you if you tell people you want to spend time and you make yourself I also find this, I don't want to be cliched about millennials, but I can tell you that if you're the one aggressive person in the building, respectful but aggressive, I'll do anything. What do you need? What does that guy, what do you need? Just ask everybody in the building what they need. You will vault up the uh, ladder because I don't see that. Even I'm in pretty sexy jobs, right? Sports talk radio and TV and food and digital. Mm-hmm. And I don't see people that are just like, I'll come in and do anything to, to make it happen. I just don't see it. That's interesting. I, I mean, I really, I, I, I've seen maybe the world differently, but I really uh, you appreciate. See young, you see young people just doing whatever it takes? I, I see them doing journalism. whatever it takes. Yes, yeah. yeah. You know, starting different platforms if that's what it takes. Right. And, you know, starting their own. Right, starting their, even their own nonprofits to, you know, to get some coverage. Or their own blogs or their own uh, way from grassroots. Right, podcast, anything, anything it takes, you know. So I guess I see it. Perhaps differently. Okay, yeah. so here well, you're meeting uh, cooler people than me. Maybe maybe cool people like young people want to stay away. You're from meeting me. sexier people than me, so I think, you think you've so? got the upper hand. You're the one who sat next to Beyonce. <laughs> okay, so here is our um, last question. Is our engineer is signaling me to wrap Was this up? Was she like a great uh, date, Christine? Is that her name? My friend's name is Victoria. Oh, Victoria, sorry. Who's Christine? 
I don't know. I don't Should know. I? Who's no, Christine? No, I don't know. Forget it. Sorry. <laughs> well, my goodness. That's, Let us know. It's my aunt. It's my aunt. <laughs> my aunt Christine. Sorry. Um, okay. So last question. How do you see the bread and butter production brand extending? What's next? Well, the great news for bread and butter is we do f- food content, video. That's the number one content right now online. It's what everybody's connecting with. Major brands, whether they're Mercedes-Benz or Jack Daniels or Disney or insert, you know, name everybody is around culinary right Mm -hmm. the passion of america is food and dining that's all we shoot that's all we care about we just did a deal with caesars to all their hotels caesars international where we're the in-room channel for 50 hotels because they want an in-room food and dining channel with just their brands right and we just did a deal with uh, Olive Garden and Longhorn um, out of uh, Darden. And they want small, digital, great storytelling. So it's a great time to be in that business because content is huge and food is huge. And we're kind of the epicenter between both of them. So um, sometimes you get lucky and that's the world we're in. And that's the number one marketing, it seems like right now, is digital, video, food. Thank right? you, Steak Shapiro. You getting hungry? I'm very Where are we hungry. going for lunch? What? <laughs> Something, you're not feeding me? Something that's vegetarian. I slept over here. Oh, that's right. You're vegetarian. We're definitely not having lunch. Uh, Maybe breakfast. <laughs> next time. Next Can you time. eat eggs? Can you eat eggs? Yes. Okay. Yes. Next time when you come in, I want some chicken and vegetarian meatballs. Deal? Um, when I come in here? Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. You Guaranteed. heard it. Guaranteed. You heard let's it hug, right here. Let's hug it out. <laughs> wow. You are in great shape. That's amazing. Um, okay, so I want to thank Steak Shapiro for being on the show today. You can catch him on 680 The Fan. He is the co-host of the show Front Row. And also you can catch him on Peachtree TV on his show Atlanta Eats. What night is it on again? It's on Saturday night, 7 o'clock, Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Great. All right, well. Any more plugs? Let's plug some more. Okay, we got to go. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. There's a segment that I like to call Atlanta Arts and Social Scene. I've got my partner here, Dior Metcalf from bestofatlantaconcerts.com. Hey, Dior, welcome. Welcome. We appreciate it. So today or this week, what's the first thing we've got going on? We've got some great events. Um, the first one is The Illusionist, um, live from Broadway. Um, it's kind of like a take on um, a modern v- version of uh, what's the, uh, the famous Harry Houdini. Oh, so that you sounds get cool. Several um, illusionists come together for a great night of um, uh, uh, levitation and uh, mind reading, disappearing trips, grand illusions. So it should be a very, very fun event. It's gonna, they're really going to be doing that kind of stuff on stage? Doing all that kind of stuff on stage at the Fox Theater. It's going to be on September the 27th through October the 2nd. At the fabulous, the fabulous Fox Theater. Yeah, absolutely, the fabulous Fox Theater. It really is fabulous. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so we were just talking about this before um, break. This festival that is coming uh, October 1st and 2nd uh, to the Chattahoochee Hill, it's going to be off the chain, y'all. Yeah, it's an incredible festival. It's called the Many Rivers to Cross Festival. It's a festival of music, art, and justice. Um, And the lineup features over 30 artists, um, including um, artists such as Carlos Santana, T.I., Dave Matthews, John Legend, and many more across three stages. So if you like uh, pop, rock, hip-hop, R&B, you're going to really enjoy this this performance and this um, this weekend of events. And all these incredible artists have come together to leverage their music and their art to unite people around the issues of social justice and human rights and that's going to be at the chattahoochee hills in atlanta georgia october 1st and 2nd and 
One of the founders of this festival is the wonderful Gina Belafonte, who is um, the daughter. She's the daughter of Harry Belafonte. That's right. That's uh, so right. So this is a, a huge, huge event, and um, it's all for a good cause, and that's what we're all about here, uh, good causes from celebrities. So this is something that we had to, had to mention. We, we definitely do. So giving you a big shout out for putting together this festival. And um, it's going to be really, really an amazing, amazing thing. So if you can, guys can go check it out, please do. That's right. And, um, and, and our final event for today is an um, event that I know you hold dear to your heart. Uh, it's the Junior League of Atlanta Centennial Gala and Lawn Party. I am a proud member of Junior League of Atlanta, and I'm going to be going to the Centennial Gala event at the Swan Coach House. And if you can join us, please do. Tickets are still available on JLA.org. That's right. And this event kicks off the celebration of the 100 years of service to the community uh, and hosted in honor of our of the past presidents. And it's going to be, as you mentioned, at the Atlanta Swan House on Saturday, October the 1st. Today on the show, we have Tina Fowler, who is the co-founder and director of a charity event called Polo in the Pines. It is the fourth annual event. It's happening October 8th and 9th at the Atlanta Polo Club. Welcome, Tina, to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So we have here, as always, my partner, Dior Metcalf, who is the executive director of Atlanta BestofConcerts.com. And Dior is going to ask Tina a few questions. That's right. And uh, actually, it's BestofAtlantaConcerts.com. Oh, sorry, Dior. Gosh, <laughs> I, I messed that up. I apologize. That's okay. Yo, we, we won't beat you too hard today. Thank you. I, <laughs> I appreciate it. It's already been a long day. All right. Well, Tina, uh, we appreciate you having us in, uh, coming in today and um, talking with us about your great event. Kind of give us, fill us in some of the details about what this event is all about. Okay. Well, thank you, Dior. We, this is actually a, a grassroots project that I founded in 2012 to honor my mother, uh, who was diagnosed with leiomyosarcoma cancer in 1989. Uh, when I was 16 years old, she was given three months to live at age 37. And her dream was to raise money to fund research for sarcoma cancer. And this project is my effort to fulfill that dream for her and to honor her in the fight that she has been through for the last 27 years. Great. So this event benefits cancer research and cancer awareness? Correct. We, uh, our mission with Pole in the Pines is to fund specific cancer research and to promote awareness and family support through our charity partners. Our charity partner this year is Cure Childhood Cancer. Wow. Uh, could you kind of fill us in uh, once we are there? Kind of what can we expect from the, uh, at the event? Well, it's a fantastic event. It's two days this year. It is a charity polo tournament. Saturday, we have uh, the uh, gates will open at 11 o'clock. It's 11 to 4. We have St. Regis, Murphy's, Morningside Kitchen, and Sun in My Belly preparing the food for us, which will be fabulous. Uh, it's a pretty woman kind of a day, so we'll have divots, dining, and dancing down at the Atlanta Polo Club. That's in Vinings, Georgia. So the tickets uh, can be purchased online at polointhepines.com. And Sunday, we'll have, uh, it's a, called the Atlanta Polo Brunch Festival. We'll have many Atlanta restaurants competing for the best brunch bites in Atlanta. So our patrons will get to vote on who they think can prepare the best brunch bites. So come hungry and uh, thirsty <laughs> and enjoy the day uh, within a, the equestrian lifestyle setting. Wow, that sounds like a fun event. 
how, how did you guys get involved? I know that you um, are working with Sean O'Keefe. How did you guys get involved with him? Sean O'Keefe, I met him in 2012 when I began this grassroots event. Uh, I knew I needed a partner who specialized with the equestrian lifestyle events. Uh, and he, through another charity event that he organized, um, he, he was the perfect partner from the beginning. So I have I hired him in 2012, and uh, he's been with us from, from the very beginning. So this I'm very is, grateful for his support. So this is your fourth annual event. Tell us about the last couple of events that you've had, have, what kind of attendance you've seen, and how is this year different from the previous years? Um, good question. The first year, I didn't know what to expect since it was new to me and uh, new to the community. Uh, we had almost 300 people at the event that year that came out to honor my mother and Nikki Van Wingarden. Uh, the event has grown. Uh, we expect about 400 people on Saturday. Um, Sunday, we have a maximum of 500 people for this year. Uh, it's definitely grown uh, from both the event side and the polo side. This year, we'll have a full polo tournament uh, over a two-day period. We're very excited about that. And then, of course, we have definitely expanded our restaurant partners as well that come in and, and help us with the fabulous food that for this event. Oh, man, it sounds like a really fun fun evening. Uh, what's kind of been some of the highlights so far um, since you've been doing this um, event over the past few years? Our guest favorite is the stomping of the divots. It is a polo tradition. It's the pretty woman. It's what everyone remembers from the movie Pretty Woman. Uh, it's the big hats. It's the champagne. Everyone gets out on the polo field and has a lot of fun with that. So that's definitely a guest favorite. Uh, St. Regis is actually doing our champagne sabering to toast that stopping of the divot. So that's exciting for us. Uh, St. Regis has been our hotel partner since 2012. We're very happy to, to continue having them on board. So when exactly is stomping of the divots happening? So the stomping of the divots will happen mid Day. So it'll be right in between the two polo matches. T- traditionally, it's done in the middle of a polo match. Okay. Uh, we are having two polo matches on Saturday. So we'll do it in the middle of the two polo matches. And the event is from 11 to 4 o'clock on Saturday and 11.30 to 3 o'clock on Sunday. Great. Tina Fowler, thank you so much. She is the co-founder of the Polo in the Pines nonprofit charity event happening October 8th and 9th at the Atlanta Polo Club and also at the St. Regis, it sounds like. We wish you lots of success with the event. And if you want more information, visit polointhepines.com. There you go, polointhepines.com. Thank you so much, Tina, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Scene from the Inside. I'm your host, Neha Nagandhi. We'll talk next week. Music on the show provided by bensound.com. <laughs>